0: I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on post reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from the Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're looking at the early days of firefighting in the Hawaiian Islands. The day was December 27th, 1850. King Kamehameha III established and joined the Honolulu Fire Department the first in the Hawaiian Islands, and the only one in the world, to include monarchs as active members. Remarkably, this kingly act of public service wasn't a one-time thing. In fact, three of the king's successors also joined the island's first fire brigade. Kings Kamehameha IV, Kamehameha V, and Kalakaua were all active members of the Honolulu Fire Department during their reigns. In the mid-1800s, firefighting equipment was limited mostly to buckets and giant water tubs on wheels. Manual water pumps and hoses were available, but not every city had them. In Honolulu, the situation was even worse, because there was no organized system for fighting fires whatsoever. That finally changed on November 6, 1850, when a man named W.C. Park formed the first volunteer fire brigade in the Hawaiian Islands. That same day, as if to highlight the need for such a service, a fire broke out and destroyed 11 homes in Honolulu. The volunteer brigade was not yet an official fire department, but thanks to interest from King Kamehameha III... The volunteers were given equipment to use in the meantime, while all the details were sorted out. This amounted to 60 buckets, which were painted red and marked as Engine number 1. The money for the buckets was issued by the Privy Council, a body of advisors to the king. They made it clear that the buckets were only at the disposal of the fire brigade until the organization of the fire department was official. At such time, they would have to hand over the buckets to the new fire chief. No exceptions. The process took nearly two months, but on December 27, 1850, Kamehameha III signed legislation that formally established the Honolulu Volunteer Fire Department. His contribution wasn't just signing the paperwork, either. When the fire alarm would sound, the king would respond and get to work right alongside the other volunteers. W.C. Park served as the acting fire chief of the newly formed department, but in February of 1851, the governor of Oahu appointed Alexander Cartwright Jr. to the full-time role. Under his leadership, the department grew quickly. In August of that year, engine company No. one was able to upgrade their buckets to an actual fire engine, which had been purchased secondhand. To be clear, this wasn't a fire truck. It was a water tank and a manual pump mounted on wheels. Most engines were pulled by horses, but in the first few years of the Honolulu department, their engine was pulled by the firefighters themselves. Reportedly, it didn't go so well the first time the engine was used to fight a fire. When the water tank ran dry, the volunteers tried to connect the engine's suction pipe down a nearby water well, but they mistakenly tapped a cesspool instead. They did get the fire put out, but it wasn't pretty. In its first ten years, the department expanded to include several more hand-drawn engine companies, as well as a hook-and-ladder company. Each of the four engine companies had more than 50 volunteer members, including Company No. 4, which was made up exclusively of native Hawaiians. The four kings who joined the fire department were all members of Company No. 4. In 1878, a fifth engine company was added, this one composed of Chinese volunteers who primarily lived in the Chinatown area of downtown Honolulu. The neighborhood was the site of two of the department's worst fires, first in 1886 and then again in 1900. Although it's hard to imagine, the city's firefighters remained unpaid volunteers until the 1880s, and even then, how much and how often they were paid depended on their rank and on how many fires they helped put out. Finally, in 1893, The Hawaiian legislature passed a law funding regular salaries for everyone at the fire department. Around the same time, the department changed in other ways as well. They replaced their manual water pumps with new steam powered engines, and they even purchased horses to pull them. The first motorized fire engine arrived in Honolulu in 1912, and by 1920, the department was fully motorized. Two decades later, the Honolulu Fire Department faced its greatest challenge yet, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. On the morning of December 7, 1941, three companies, engines 1, 4, and 6, were sent to Hickam Air Force Base to fight the fires caused by the attacking planes. When the smoke finally cleared at Hickam Field, six firefighters were injured, and three others were dead. The men were awarded Purple Hearts for their brave service, making them the only civilian firefighters to ever receive the honor. They're likely to remain the only ones, too, because the Purple Heart is now only awarded to members of the armed forces wounded in combat. When Hawaii became the 50th state of the United States in 1959, the Honolulu Fire Department claimed yet another distinction. It became the only fire department in the country to have been established by a ruling monarch. Not only that, it's the only one to have served its community under a monarchy, a provisional government, a republic, a territory, and lastly, a State of the Union. That's a remarkable legacy of public service, and it continues to this day. The men and women of the Honolulu Fire Department no longer rely on buckets and hand-drawn engines, but they remain just as committed to keeping their city safe and fire-free. Mahalo. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class.